The following podcast is for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of Canal Insurance Company. This information is not designed to replace, substitute, or supplement our client's independent obligation to comply with any laws or regulations. Listeners should complete their own independent research in creation and development of their company's risk management and safety programs. Welcome to episode 11 of the Holy Notes podcast by Canal Insurance Company. I'm Paul Poplaski, Manager of Risk Management Services at Canal. And today I'm joined by Todd Scott and Jerry Childress. Todd is the Liability Teams Manager at Canal, and Jared is a practicing attorney at Childress Law. This week we're talking about driver qualification files, vehicle maintenance files, compliance requirements, and how these topics relate to litigation. Now let's get rolling. Hey, good afternoon. This is Paul Poplaski, uh, Manager of Risk Management Services at Canal. Uh, Todd, are you on? Todd Scott? I I am, Paul. Thank you very much. And Jared Childress. Jared, you on as well? Yes, Paul, I'm on. How are you today? Good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Before we begin, Jared, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and Todd, you as well? Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Paul, and thank you to Canal for having me today. Uh, Prior to getting into law, I was an active duty military member. I previously practiced law for years at the nation's largest dedicated transportation law firm. Uh, practicing in the areas of DOT regulatory compliance, as well as commercial and employment related litigation. Uh, Currently, I run my own small law firm and I focus solely on DOT regulatory compliance. Uh, So I'll often assist motor carriers with things like DOT audits, safety rating upgrades, ELD compliance programs, and other just general DOT compliance areas. I have all different types of clients that range in operations from those with thousands of trucks down to operations with 30 trucks. So I know how hard it can be to remain compliant at the big companies with all the red tape and policies and procedures, as well as, you know, how hard it can be at a small company where there may not even be a dedicated safety manager. So I'm excited about this topic today. I think it's one that even the most sophisticated carriers can make real improvements on. And for those smaller operations, I think some of the things that we'll talk about today can really yield some positive changes. If you have questions for me about anything we discuss, you can email me at jchildress at childresslawpllc.com, or you can contact me through my website, which is childresslawpllc.com. Todd, can you tell us a little bit about yourself now? Sure, Paul. Thank you uh, for having me here today. And uh, I have a a degree in criminal justice. I have been uh, working in commercial trucking claims since uh, 1991. Uh, It's been a while. Uh, The last six years, I've been a a claims manager here at Canal. And, uh, and, you know, in my prior life as well, I was a, uh, I am a U.S. Navy veteran. And I would like to thank uh, any of our listeners uh, for their prior service, or maybe they're still serving, for four-year service. And uh, I would like to also thank you for uh, helping keeping our country rolling. All right. Today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, driver qualification files, 
vehicle maintenance files uh, with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration compliance rules regarding both of those, and also how it affects claims management. How is it directly tied in? So I'd like to start with, with Jared. And Jared, where would, it, where would a carrier find the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration requirements for driver qualification files and vehicle maintenance files? Yeah, so the FMCSRs or Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations, those are found in Title 49 of the Code of Federal Regulations and Parts 350 to 399 house the FMCSRs. And within 350 to 399, the driver qualification file requirements can be found in Part 391 and the vehicle maintenance file requirements can be found in Part 396. Okay, and, and these can be found online, correct? Yeah, they can be found online, of course. If, if you work in this space, you want to have a copy of the FMCSRs with you or a green book that can be purchased through J.J. Keller. Okay. And can you, can you explain what, you, what each file is? Yeah, so DQ files or driver qualification files, they simply house the required due diligence or researched information and credentials that a motor carrier has to maintain for a qualified driver. Um, the vehicle maintenance file is a much more limited file than the DQ files, but it contains the FMCSA required maintenance, inspection history, and vehicle information for all commercial motor vehicles that are in a motor carrier's fleet. And can you tell me a little bit about why they're necessary and what should be, you know, a company's philosophy regarding them as far as compliance? Yeah, well, they're necessary, obviously, because the FMCSA requires them, but they're necessary because, you know, if a motor carrier fails to abide by the requirements, it really opens a motor carrier up to enforcement actions from the FMCSA that could be in the form of an impacted safety rating or civil penalties, both kind of in the context of a DOT audit. Um, additionally, you know, we know that the hiring or ongoing employment of an unqualified or unsafe driver are common themes in accident litigation that plaintiff's lawyers typically like to latch on to. So when I'm working with a motor carrier on a compliance program, one of the initial things that I like to ask them um, at this level of detail is kind of, you know, what kind of roadmap are you, are you creating? Meaning, are you creating a roadmap of compliance that the FMCSA is going to look at and say, oh, they've got these DQ files and vehicle maintenance files under control. This is a good carrier. Um, or are you creating that roadmap of non-compliance, meaning while DQ files won't absolutely sink you necessarily in a DOT audit, it will give the FMCSA kind of pause to, to look closer at a lot of different things. And, and similarly, in the context of uh, litigation, I mean, plaintiff's lawyers will really spend a lot of time looking at these DQ files and maintenance files uh, after an accident, and, and they'll be able to paint the picture of a non-compliant motor carrier by pointing out all these consistent non-compliances. So they can turn out to be very important. Okay, and I know you're gonna provide us with a uh, document of a driver qualification file checklist, which we'll be able to attach to our podcast today. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about what goes into a vehicle maintenance file? Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about both, but uh, like you mentioned, I'll, I'll spend a little bit less time on DQ files and go into a little bit more detail about vehicle maintenance files because there are a lot less detail involved in the vehicle maintenance files. So 
The vehicle maintenance files are pretty straightforward. Um, all vehicle maintenance files have to have identifying information of the vehicle. So that would be the company vehicle number that you assign to the vehicle, the make, the serial number, vehicle model year, and then the, the one that I see a lot of carriers miss is tire size. That has to be included on the vehicle maintenance file. And usually uh, this will be a cover page that goes on the outside of the vehicle maintenance file. If it's a physical file, if it's an electronic file, um, each vehicle will have its own kind of profile and you'll make sure that all that identifying information is on that vehicle profile. Um, next, the maintenance files have to contain a schedule that highlights the type and due date of inspection and maintenances that have to be performed. Um, of course, we're looking at periodic maintenance and annual inspections. And then of course, uh, the maintenance file has to have the actual records of the actual inspection, repairs conducted, and maintenance conducted. Also, carriers have to maintain the records for each vehicle they control. If you're controlling a vehicle through ownership or lease for 30 consecutive days, you have to have a vehicle maintenance file on that vehicle. Um, and then the retention period for these documents is one year, and the, the, the files have to be stored at the location where the vehicle is housed or maintained. Um, and then lastly, when that vehicle leaves the motor carrier's control, um, those records have to be maintained for six months after the vehicle leaves the, the carrier's control. Next on the DQ files, and, and like you mentioned in the interest of time, I'm not gonna go into detail regarding each of those required documents in a DQ file, or otherwise we'd be here for an hour and everyone would be asleep. So in the podcast, we have a link to the FMCSA's driver qualification file checklist. And this is a great resource because it not only links the regulatory sites, uh, it, it, it communicates the document retention periods, and it also provides kind of an explanation for the item, for each item that you're looking at. So in short, driver qualification files are really just a formula. And once a carrier understands the formula, many of the day-to-day -day driver qualification file needs can be completed by administrative personnel. So if you're a carrier who's fortunate enough to have a safety manager that's dedicated to safety, you know, when possible, the safety manager should be supervising these DQ file activities and then focusing more on the high level safety culture items as opposed to doing things like running MVRs on a daily basis and making copies of CDLs, et cetera. Okay, I have one question, an additional question on vehicle maintenance files. It's the same for an owner-operated vehicle as well. If that vehicle is leased on to a carrier, they have to follow the same uh, regulatory compliance as if it's a company-owned vehicle as well, correct? That is correct, as long as that lease is established for 30 consecutive days, yes. Okay, and, and what about uh, receipts of repairs? Should they also, are they a requirement of a vehicle maintenance file or is that just like a best practice to include them as well? Um, it depends. It's more of a best practice. So if you have a vehicle maintenance file that's large, it's going to obviously contain a lot of regular repairs, oil changes, brake changes, things like that. It's totally fine to have those in a vehicle maintenance file. Uh, what you want to make sure that you're including is the preventative maintenance, annual inspections, and you also really want to make sure that any kind of repairs that are made after uh, that that are caused by a DVIR being submitted by a driver, 
the DVIR and the records of repairs really need to be in the vehicle maintenance file. That's a big issue, and we can touch on that a little bit more later. Okay, great. And that was going to lead into my next question. What are the most type of uh, most common types of emissions that you find when you review either a driver qualification file or a vehicle maintenance file? Yeah, the you know generally incomplete DQ files. It's very common with all types of carriers. You know, from the biggest to the smallest, which you know is really unfortunate because it's completely avoidable. You know, I often see things like expired med cards. Um, I see MVRs that are not timely run or MVR, MVRs that show suspended licenses and then the driver's running after that suspended license is, is in the MVR and in the file. I see carriers that use drivers before the verified negative results are received, meaning if you have a great relationship with your entity that does your you know, pre-employment testing, and you really need this driver out on the road, the, the lab calls you and says, hey, this guy's clear, he can run. That's not acceptable. You have to wait until you get those negative verified results before the driver performs a safety-sensitive function. I see that one a lot with the smaller carriers. Um, so these, these smaller violations are all things that invite the FMCSA to dig deeper, which is obviously the opposite of what we want. Um, you know, the FMCSA would call a carrier with, you know, ongoing violations in the DQ files that kind of run across all the DQ files, a motor carrier that has inadequate safety management controls. And so this this can obviously result in deeper digging. It can result in serious consequences like a downgraded safety rating or civil penalties in the context of an audit. And that was going to lead into my next question. How serious could those findings be in relation to that DOT safety compliance audit? You know, in relation to fines, downgrading, and the safety rating, possibly revoking a carrier's authority? Yeah, certainly uh, all those are certainly possible. Um, if you have an audit that doesn't go well, um, meaning you get a lot of violations, criticals, and acutes, even if it doesn't result in a downgraded safety rating, you would still potentially expect to receive civil penalties, which, you know, you can negotiate those down most often with the FMCSA, but they can range from, you know, $50,000 and up, depending on how many violations you have. And when I say that DQ file violations are common and oftentimes they don't result in you being sunk in an audit, um, there are critical and acute violations in 391 that you can get that are, you know, very commonly received during an audit. So it's something that you really have to take seriously. Okay, and, and I just have one more question before we jump over to Todd. Can you tell me about some of the requirements when a carrier has that poor roadside inspection, specifically in relations to a vehicle maintenance violation? How should that be documented, that repair notice? And where does it go? Yeah, so some carriers are set up to have DVIRs generated that automatically go via electronic process to the maintenance team, and then the maintenance team prints off that DVIR, remedies the item, and then it's signed off as repaired. Um, that's a smooth, wonderful process, but it doesn't always work like that. If it's a paper-driven company, then, then that driver needs to fill out a DVIR and get that to his driver supervisor or to the maintenance team, and then that vehicle cannot be driven again until that out of service related defect is repaired. So the most common situation where it happens is at roadside, a driver will get an out of service vehicle maintenance violation. 
at the end of that shift or you know before the vehicle's driven again that needs to be repaired and a dvir needs to be generated and put in the vehicle maintenance file a lot of carriers don't do this and this is low-hanging fruit if you will for for a serious violation in the context of an audit because the fmcsa can just simply look at the sms inspection violation data and find vehicle out of service violations and go directly to that vehicle maintenance file so if that's not something that you do as a motor carrier, monitoring those out-of-service roadside violations is something that you definitely need to start doing and potentially incentivizing drivers turning in those inspection results, good or bad, uh, to make sure that you're timely getting those uh, out-of-service issues and getting the proper documentation in the vehicle maintenance file. And does the carrier have to provide a copy of that repair notice back to uh, the issuing agency within a time period? Um, the If it's a citation or an inspection report, I mean, generally they will note if it has to be returned. Uh, so pay close attention to what the document that you receive says. Okay, thank you. And now I wanna jump over to Todd Scott and you know, review with Todd, how does a driver qualification file and vehicle maintenance file affect claims management? Ty, can you tell me how the, how the condition of the file can have a direct correlation to claims management? Well, absolutely, Paul, and thank you, Jared, for the, uh, for the information. You touched on a lot uh, about how important these uh, two, two items are. Um, you know, Paul, so many uh, letters of representation that we receive now from uh, claim attorneys, plaintiff attorneys early in a file already come to us here at the company with uh, preservation requests and spoliation language already built into them. And it's so important because one of the first things that our adjusters do when we get this letter is have the conversation with the insured, hey, look, uh, opposing counsel has requested these 7, 10, 70, 125 different items be preserved in relation to this particular accident. And you know, all of these items that are being requested are typically gonna be found in the DQ file and the vehicle maintenance file. And it's, it's so important as to, uh, you know, from a, a trucking carrier perspective, like, like Jared said, to keep good records, to keep detailed records, times, dates, who did what, what type of training was received, drug and alcohol test at hiring. It's so important to have detailed records so that in the event when letters like this are received and we have to produce these documents, they're, they're easily attainable. Okay, and how about, how can a poor file lead to increased exposure in litigation and you know increase the cost of that claim? That's a good question too. Um, I'll, I'll give you a scenario based upon experience that I've had over the years. Uh, tractor trailers driving down a two-lane roadway, uh, daylight, good, clear weather, has clear right-of-way as he's coming through an intersection where the cross traffic has uh, stop signs. So the, the T intersection for the uh, cross traffic, they have to stop to make left or right turn onto the roadway that the insured is traveling. Stop sign to the right of the tractor trailer as he's going through the intersection and a car either rolls through or blows through the stop sign, drives into the right side tandems of the uh, commercial trailer 
as our insured's driving by, disables his vehicle, he pulls over and gets out and checks on the other party. You know, there's serious injuries involved. Um, law enforcement comes out, uh, conducts their investigation. You know, liability, uh, it, it appeared pretty clear from the markings in the roadway, gouge marks, damage patterns, and such. They could easily determine what had happened in the accident if the car encroached the intersection uh, blowing the stop sign. Um, and, you know, but in a case like this where we had serious injuries involving the, the, the young driver of the other vehicle, um, you know, lack of insurance, lack of healthcare insurance, whatever reason, you know, the medical bills are gonna be so exorbitantly high that a lot of times, you know, families or even that individual will retain an attorney simply because they are the daunting task of, of all these bills. And, you know, the plaintiff's attorney's focus isn't so much on how the accident happened, but the why. So naturally, in the case like this, we're going to get a very detailed uh, spoliation preservation request with, along with a letter of representation requesting specific items from the DQ file, you know, uh, the drivers uh, when he was hired, training uh, as to the vehicle, any inspections on the, on the tractor trailer that may be out of date. Um, because of the severity of the accident, the uh, local law enforcement, when they went out to investigate it, they did uh, a walk around inspection, a level one on the uh, tractor trailer uh, at the scene of the uh, occurrence. And, you know, they will note on there any out of service items uh, for the, the truck, but they will also uh, be specific as to is the out of service item, out of service item, excuse me, due to uh, damage caused from the accident or did it appear to uh, precede the accident. And anything that shows up on that report that is not uh, caused due to the accident. Uh, is just fodder for the other side. And it, it takes the emphasis so much off the facts of the accident and points the finger at the insured and the driver uh, as to being a danger to the public. And it can really affect how you know we handle things and also the ultimate outcome of the case. Understand. Any, any, how about any past case history that's public that you could share with us how, you know, we had a direct correlation with either a driver qualification file or a vehicle maintenance file, how it affected the outcome of the case. Well, that, that incident that I just gave you, that, that is from the past. I mean, that's, that really happened. Okay. Uh, another one, you know, I, I can't get too specific about it, but uh, it's, uh, so say it is a, it's a, an inner city case. And, uh, you know, liability is, is questionable, but, you know, when the driver uh, was deposed, the uh, plaintiff's attorney got specific as to his training file. And if there was any, if he'd ever had any training with regard to making right or left turns in an inner city environment, and, you know, there was no documented training for this specific item in his uh, uh, qualification file. And all the driver could respond was, well, I passed the CDL exam. 
So that's that's my training. So you know any training, it, you know, so the the rear slide of a trailer, you can move forward and and rearward, depending upon uh, your load and where you're traveling on the open highway or in an inner city. And the driver could not expound as to that, and it just it can give the impression to a jury that look, this guy was never trained on how to properly operate a tractor trailer in the inner city in these tight streets and creating a hazard to the public. All right, thank you for that. And I just wanted to touch on and close in a couple of other items. When a canal risk management rep uh, goes in and visits an account in person, you know, we do review driver qualification vehicle maintenance files. And what we're looking for is that completeness. Uh, we also, you know, we want to make sure that the carrier is in compliance, you know, because God forbid we're in that incident, we can have these records readily available. And the other way, uh, the other thing we, we like to look at is how is that file set up? You know, is it complete? Is it in good order? Or does it look like the phone book from 1968? And that's why we'll review that with the carrier and we'll explain to them how there are documents they can now take out. That will also be included on the attachment uh, to the podcast. And then, you know, we'll assist them if it, it will assist that will assist that carrier in case they are lacking in that compliance area. And, you know, to again bring them up to speed, make sure they're aware of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration requirements and this way, if they do undergo an audit, they're prepared. And that's what it's about, just making sure the, uh, the account is prepared for that audit or, again, God forbid we're involved in that situation, we have the records readily available to defend them if need be. Uh, anything else, Jared or Todd, you'd like to add? I'd add just real quick, if there's any carriers out there looking to get really get in the weeds related to audits, you know, I'd encourage them to Google the Electronic Field Operations Training Manual or eFOTM, E-F-O-T-M. That, that's essentially the investigator's Bible for how they're going to approach investigating a carrier. And so if you're looking for sample sizes, all kinds of different areas of how this investigator is going to behave, uh, when he audits you, that's that's a great resource. It's a searchable document, but it's very large, so beware. Jared, thank you very much for that. And also, I just want to make sure all our carriers aware, you know, Jared is available to assist you also, whether it's in regards to an audit or a safety uh, compliance issue, you know, please reach out and we can we can make that contact occur. Jared, Todd, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation today. I learned some helpful tips about driver qualification vehicle maintenance files, and I hope our listeners did as well. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me. Yes, thank you, Paul, for having me, and thank you to Canal for having me as well. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and learned some helpful tips about driver qualification and vehicle maintenance files. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Holland Notes. Want to make sure you never miss a Holland Notes episode? Head to the link in the show notes to sign up for email notifications. <laughs>